Welcome to Ride Around the Road, the creative podcast that helps you get those pesky voices out of your head and onto the page. And remember, it's the journey that matters. And welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. The lady I have with me today, uh, we first had it on the podcast at episode 26, which I wouldn't even be game to go back and listen to. Again, wow. <laughs> it was episode 108 with Sally Hepworth and Lisa Island. And today at episode 135, I'd like to welcome back the beautiful Rachel Johns. Hello, Rachel. Oh, thank you for such a lovely, warm welcome. <laughs> it gets better. Everybody, uh, Rachel, as we speak, I believe, is launching her latest novel. But just before I hand over to you, Rachel, uh, I, normally I would introduce our guests, everyone, with how many books they've written and how successful they are. <laughs> but I had a little peek inside Rachel's new book because, everyone, there's a there's a excerpt on her website, which I started to do research on Rachel and got stuck into the book instead. But it says, Rachel... Currently Australia's leading writer of contemporary relationship stories around uh, women's issues, Life Lit. Congratulations for being Australian's uh, lead writer. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that's publisher spin, but it sounds good, doesn't it? I think it sounds amazing, everybody. We all agree, don't we? And it's in <laughs> writing, so it's got to be true. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So the first, uh, when I spoke to Rachel first, we were launching, or you were launching The Art of Keeping Secrets, the royal wheeze I like to get in on everybody else's glory. Uh, And now you have Lost Without You. Yep. Do you want me to tell you a bit about Lost Without You? (laughs) Do we want to know everybody? Oh, okay. Tell us. Twist our arms. Well, it's a story of four women. It's really easy. The tagline basically tells you everything. It's four women, uh, a wedding dress. And there's a secret that sort of ties, well, the wedding dress and the secret ties them all together. But the wedding dress was definitely the beginning of the um, inspiration for me. Um, And then because I'm not a plotter, I wish I was, (laughs) but I'm not a plotter, I kind of took that idea and sort of um, went from there and it turned into a different book to what I originally imagined. Initially I was thinking of having four women who wear the same wedding dress in about the same year, probably, you know, similar ages um, and their stories of how their, you know, first year of marriage was going or something like that. And it's totally not that what happened in the end. It's more um, mother-daughter type story um, and it deals with issues of adoption as well. And I kind of wanted to look at what how, how men deal with adoption when they don't really feel like they have a say in it. So there's, you know, a few family issues in there. <laughs> Yeah, and, and very topical too, I think, everybody, as as things, you know, families break down and have to regroup and all those kinds of things. Uh, I think we've what, all got family secrets, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Now, family secrets came up in one of your earlier novels. I think when I was reading back over my notes, I think that was at the um, the crux of The Art of Keeping Secrets. Uh, but we've had The Greatest Gift since then. That was last year. This year we've got, as you said, um, Lost Without You. And it starts with the wonderful words, and I just, I just had to keep reading. I just forgot my research. It says... No periods, no childbirth, <laughs> menopause. Men have uh, have it so much easier than us. And I thought, mm-hmm. I like this book already. <laughs> That's good. I wasn't sure about that first line. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> yeah. And then it's got three subsections, everyone. I'm not giving my secrets. It is on the website. Rebecca, Clara and Josie. Yes, you can read the extract on my website or on iTunes, I think, as well. Apple Books, as they now calling themselves. 
Yeah, and it's got a beautiful blue cover. So, look, that's the plug for the book. It's launching as we speak. I believe the official launch is over in WA in Perth at Joondalup. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I don't know when this is going to air, but, yes, it'll be the 23rd at Joondalup. So, everyone's welcome and information's on my website yeah it's a really good time to be in WA everybody and we're going to be talking about Mm. another wonderful event very shortly I just want to I want to finish the other stuff first Rachel then we're moving on to the West Coast Fiction Festival in Scarborough now you wait till you see the list of authors going to that everyone we'll all be on planes to Perth now that's in November so you can go over and watch Rachel's doing a lot of I guess um, publicity for your book you're going around and doing the doing the rounds and talking to everybody about your new book and then we've got this wonderful West Coast Fiction Festival that just happens to have a cocktail party at the Ah. end of it and I thought oh wow Um, I think the VIP stuff's booked out everyone but there are still a few tickets there I believe for the actual uh, cocktail party that night. Yeah, we have day passes, so you can go along to westcoastfictionfestival.com.au, I think it is, um, and there's almost 60 authors um, from right across Australia. And, yes, there is a cocktail party where you can celebrate the end of the night with all the authors. We authors love a good cocktail. Yeah. All right, now we were going to talk about you first, Rachel, but sorry, we've moved on. Oh, okay. Uh, moving That's all good. right along to this wonderful, wonderful event that if I could jump on a plane, everybody oh. would be over there. Uh, I <laughs> know our beautiful Australian author, Jen uh, J. McLeod, has been travelling over there in her caravan for quite a little while now and we've been watching her travels on Facebook and all the beautiful uh, places that she stopped as she's crossed the Great Australia Bight and Nullarbor and up the west coast of Australia. So for all our international guests, please jump on and have a look at Jen McLeod's Facebook page. Mm. You'll get a trip around Australia, hey? Yeah, I'm excited to see Jen. Haven't seen Jen for a few years, so that'll be good. It'll be great to catch up with her and lots of other authors. Yeah, and not only is there a great raffle that is, you'll need a truck to carry it away if you win it, and it uh-huh. looks like it's everybody's books, um, but the list of people you have 60, what I would call famous authors, and I reckon half of them have been on the podcast and now I've got the list of <laughs> the other half on. Uh, how good, did you yeah. all that up? Oh, it was pretty easy, really. We decided um, a few years ago, because these things take a while to organise, I decided that, um, well, I mentioned it to Tess Woods and she hates me for it, I think, because I'm an ideas person. She's an organiser. <laughs> so I said, how about we have one of these fiction, a fun fiction festival in Perth? Because sadly, and I'm, I'm saying this in retrospect because it's changed slightly recently, but um. Sadly, the Perth Writers Festival often hasn't really celebrated commercial fiction, especially romance and things like that. And we were sort of lamenting that fact a couple of years ago. Both of us have since been to the Perth Writers Festival, so the new um, convener is, um, you know, changing things a bit, so it's great. But when we were um, talking about it a few years ago, these often the larger festivals, they don't celebrate genre fiction, particularly romance. Not that all our writers are romance writers. We've got a wide array. Um, But I said... um, I said, you know, we need a fun fiction festival in Perth. And so that's sort of how it sparked. And then we just put the um, word out to, you know, our networks and pretty soon we had an overwhelming response and we had to actually turn some authors away, sadly, because, you know, there was... And so these festivals... I mean, well, I'm not calling it festival, sorry. These signings, ours is called Fiction Festival, but it's a big book signing, really. And, you know, the Eastern States has had a few of these. Fiction of Yours, Melbourne, I know, and Books by the Bridge um, in Sydney are two big ones. Some of the Gold Coast of Brisbane. So we really wanted to do something similar in Perth. and um, But we wanted to 
bring together a lot of those festivals um they're changing now as well they're getting more traditional offers but a lot of them started as being an indie book signing basically and we wanted to bring indie authors and traditional authors together because what I find fascinating a lot of the time is the indie readers and traditional readers seem to be quite separate the readers that read indie books are different to the ones that you find scroll um sort of looking in big W um, to pick up a read. And so I thought that both the indie authors and the traditional authors could benefit um, from each other being together and being sort of introduced to our our readers. So that's why we've got a huge um, list and we've got a combination of uh, indie authors, traditional authors and some hybrid. Yeah. Now, how can you resist that, everybody? And I think having indies and trads together is, look, it's so much more important nowadays. And I think our readers just read good books nowadays, don't they? They do. I definitely think that's what people care about. They care about the story and the characters and the author voice. Um, And they don't care who's published it, whether it's a traditional publisher or or self-publishing. But it still fascinates me that the readers seem to, a lot of the readers, not all of them, some clever readers are onto both types of books, but a lot of the readers seem to be one or the other, even if they don't realise kind of that they are. I just definitely, you know, there's a certain um, group of people who read um, digitally, I guess, and they, they discover the self-published books, yet there's a big, great variety of people also who don't read digitally, which means it's very hard for them to discover um, indie authors. So I think that's why we've both, both sides of the fence got something to um, share with each other you know it's not either or we can really we can help each other I think by introducing our readers to to both types of books yeah and what's more exciting about that as well is that we have a real self-sustaining publishing industry here in Australia don't we we can we can use Australian settings Australian characters and look they are selling really well overseas yeah it's still a hard sell overseas unless you're writing something like crime or Liliane Moriarty um, because I think, sadly, um, US publishers, UK publishers are less likely to try an Australian um, author unless there's some really big, you know, crazy hook or it's following a trend like the psychological thrillers, the crimes and all that kind of stuff. But um, indie publishing particularly is, I guess, showing that overseas readers really are more than happy to read um, Australian authors and Australian settings but I'm saying that I do think the Australian publishing scene is a lot more um, encouraging of local authors like even say than it was um, six seven years ago when I not first started writing I've been writing for a very long time took me a long time to get published but when I first kind of got published in 2012 um, it was it was still relatively hard to get published in Australia and um, we didn't have the local mainstream publishers, a lot of them weren't publishing romance, particularly until rural romance sort of had a boom and then they cottoned on that, oh, people like reading about Australian settings and people like romance too. So I think our local publishers have actually um, brought a lot more opportunities to Australian authors, which is really good to see. And previously people always thought, you know, you can't make a living just selling books in Australia. And I like to say that's definitely not the case. I know a number of people who are making a reasonable income from um, just publishing books in Australia and there's some big name authors like Di Morrissey and Judy Nunn who Judy Nunn's coming to our festival by the way who don't sell their books overseas but they have a huge massive readership in Australia so I think it's often dangerous for not dangerous but sad that people um, think oh well you can't you, you've got to focus your attentions overseas yes there's a bigger market but there's also a market here 
that you can cultivate and at least meet readers face to face and things like that. Yeah, and I notice it. I notice it particularly with um, my podcast downloads. Everybody that I've got an even split of fifty fifty, um, or sometimes it's sixty forty, and sometimes it's forty sixty. Yeah. But you know, half my listeners are overseas, mostly in America. I admit there's a couple in Latvia and Russia which worry me. Oh, um, interesting. <laughs> no, we don't want to go there. I reckon. Um, but fifty of a, you know, fifty of each, which is interesting because I have. A lot of Australian authors. I have some mm. authors as well, and and trying to get more of those, I guess. But the fact is, they're listening to our stories. Um, Joanne Dannon, as an indie publisher, is doing really, really well yep. at the moment, and she's just had that major success today, where she got something about a little gold flag on her Amazon account. I'm not quite sure what that's about. Oh, it could be a um, is that bestseller list thing or something? That's yeah, exciting. something about the top. I thousand. haven't been on Facebook much, so I haven't um, seen anything of that. <laughs> Yeah, the top thousand um, in the American Amazon list, which I oh, think, awesome. yeah, I think it's a huge thing, and we're seeing more and more successes. I know Annie Seaton's doing very well. Um, you, as a, as I said, as our number one Australian contemporary author, I have to reach <sighs> out and touch you. Um, but <sighs> these festivals have got to go a long way to to spreading the word, especially over in WA, because everyone that's on the other side of Australia, it's it's isolated in its own way, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, the thing is about meeting readers face to face. It's all very well, you know. We've got a social media world, and we can inter- you can, we can interact with readers, you know, all the time online. And I think that's great because that helps us, as you say, reach people in different countries. And we're sort of a global um, nation now, kind of thing. So these boundaries that we've had previously shouldn't be there in a way. But I think there's nothing like meeting your readers at book signings or at events in Australia. And um, I think it was Stephen King, and don't quote me on this because a friend told me this a while ago, who said um, basically you need a 1,000 rabid fans um, and then your career, you know, your books will start selling themselves. And I think that's what's really important in terms of connecting with your readers and that you can do when you're local, you can connect with Australian readers and um, hopefully they have friends and stuff overseas too. It's all it's all a sort of, you know, a balance of trying to... Um, spread yourself overseas as well as in Australia. But I definitely think, you know, people tend to write off Australia sometimes, um, whereas, you know, it, focusing close to home can lead to big rewards in the end as well. Yeah, and someone who's very, very good at that and that someone is going to your uh, West Coast Writers' Festival is the beautiful, uh, what's, uh, where, 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 I've forgotten her name, Fiona Palmer. Sorry, Fiona, forgive me. Fiona yes, my good friend her. Fiona. Yeah, she takes her books in the back of her car when she goes to all her agricultural fairs, doesn't she? Yeah, definitely. Um, she goes to Darren Field Day in WA, which is a big one, and uh, oh, I can't, I'm not going to mention the other ones because I can't think of the names and I'll get them wrong. Um, but they're definitely great opportunities to meet readers, and I've been to Darren Field Day a couple of times in my early years too. Um, unfortunately, my book always comes out a couple of months too late for Darren. But I, from those early years when I did go, I've definitely got still readers who say to me, oh, I, I've discovered you at Darren. So I think, you know, these, you can't overestimate or underestimate rather the, um, no, what do I mean, overestimate. I've done too much writing today and my brain's gone to mush. But um, you can't, whatever, something estimate, um, you know, the, the value <laughs> <laughs> the value of connecting with readers personally and when they've met you face-to-face and you've been friendly to them and you've given them the time of day, they remember that. Um, I actually had a lady come up to me in the shopping centre a couple of weeks ago and said, oh, my gosh, you're that author. And I was like, oh, no, 
I really must learn to like put makeup on and, you know, make myself a bit more presentable when I go out because, but I'm not expecting to be um, recognized. And this lady came up to me and said, you're the author. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. And she goes, I met you at Dowran Field Day about five years ago. And I've read all your books since. So I do think um, that, yeah, we undervalue perhaps the, the, you know, that lady, if you give someone a good experience, they will talk and word of mouth, there's nothing more important than word of mouth. I was talking to a friend the other day about, you know, what works in book selling. Apparently, um, I don't know if I'm, she told me and she hasn't sent me the link yet that she promised she would. Um, someone you should get on the podcast too, Emily Madden. And she said, uh, yeah, she said to me that um, she was reading this uh, post that was a survey from, I think she said it was the Australian booksellers industry about what sells books. And, you know, it was interesting what doesn't sell books, you know, cover quotes, not so um, highly up there and in things like that. Um, even, you know, some of the marketing that we think would sell books. But what was not surprising is that word of mouth is the big thing. And I think that's something you can't, you can't pay for, but you can put the time in. And you, yeah, and I think meeting readers, you can't underestimate how good that is. Yeah. Now, everybody, you heard that you heard that here from Rachel, and it's really, really interesting. Um, and yes, everybody, Emily Madden. I think she's. I think I'm interviewing her on Saturday on the podcast. Oh, we've awesome! Been, yeah, we've been fluffing around with that one for a few weeks now, trying to coordinate our time. So it's funny you should mention that. <laughs> um, but getting back to writers meeting uh, needing readers, I think it was Helen Sibbert who put me on to. She's got the Australian Readers Association. Yep, Helen is very, um, very fantastic reader, <laughs> very supportive of Australian authors and romance yeah. writers. And she does a lot of reviews, everyone. Um, you can find them on her Facebook page, I guess. But uh, she's re a really big advocate for readers' lunches and, and authors' speakings and all those kinds of things. Yes. But so many, one thing, that, one change I've noticed even in the few years I've been running the podcast is that you guys are on the road now more and more speaking at libraries. We've got Tricia Stringer here in Queensland at the moment. Yep. Uh, at Chermside and Toowoomba, mm -hmm. and then she's heading back down New South Wales, well, I think back home to um, South Australia. But yep. you've got to get out there. Once upon a time, they would um, the publishers would have you go and do bookshops. Now you there's a lot of library visits, isn't there? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. Um, libraries are amazing places where you can connect with readers, obviously, and the librarians are so passionate. So they're huge, massive advocates. I mean, I was recently on the Gold Coast myself a couple of months ago at the, um, I've got to get this right, Australian Libraries International something conference. Anyway, Australian Pacific International Libraries Conference, I think it was called. And, you know, librarians are such great advocates for readers. We might not be selling our books necessarily, but people often discover new authors in libraries. Um, and we also do get, you know, that public lending rights payment. So I think um, another thing we underestimate is, is librarians and libraries. Um, but I think there's still a combination. I mean, I do a combination of libraries, bookshops, um, events, and um, one is in weird and wacky places like in Melbourne, uh, Next month I'm doing an event at Woodlands Golf Club in the evening. So, you know, people are interested in books across all walks of life. Um, but, you know, I do value, I wish that I could beat more and more readers. The problem is that, you know, you never can get where everyone wants you to be. Um, and if we did, we'd never be able to have time to write the book. So it's, it's hard when you, and that's why I think Facebook and things like online communities um, give sort of readers the opportunities to um, connect with, other readers and writers. I've also got an online book club, which I do with Anthea Hodgson, 
not sure if you had Anthea on the blog yet, um, but she's fantastic and the funniest woman you'll ever talk to. Um, and we have an online book club called Rachel John's Online Book Club. It's called Rachel John's because Anthea came a little late to the party. <laughs> um, and I keep trying to think of a good name to, repl- to change it to. But we've got over a 1,000 um, people in our community on Facebook. And we discuss, we've made a, made a sort of rule that we always choose an Australian um, published, an Australian book uh, to discuss. We have one book a month and we have to choose one that's kind of readily available, so available at libraries and bookshops across the country because a lot of the readers still um, prefer a print book. But, um, yeah, I just think the people, the community that that's um, brought about is just amazing. Everyone, you know, people have made friends with that community. Um, and so that's one of the benefits of social media, I guess, connecting people with other like-minded people and creating these book communities. I don't even want to interrupt you, uh, Rachel, yeah. because the advice that you're giving to all of us is, look, it's so pertinent, everybody, building a community, whether it be online or whether it be in person with some of these West Coast Readers Festivals and all these things that are happening around us. Uh, I know myself I've made uh, really good friends uh, online and I would love to be getting out to the Romance Writers Association conferences. I'd love to be going to the Readers Festivals. I'd kill to be over in WA right now. I know. You should have, you should have like... Um, what's the word I'm trying to think I said I've lost my vocabulary this afternoon but you should have stowed away on Jen Jane McLeod's caravan well that's <laughs> another thing everybody too is uh, as we travel around and I did it with um, my book when I travelled around in my caravan I had boxes in the caravan and I I sold very nicely thank you very much As yeah I'm not surprised yeah. yeah, and I'm sure, Jen, I notice wherever Jen pops up, uh, she's an Australian, one of our um, most beautiful Australian authors to everyone, she pops up whatever caravan park she's in, she pops into the local library quite often, she speaks for free. Um, she yeah. has people coming up to the campsite with her. She's organised, certainly organised some functions as she goes up through Bustleton up up to Perth there for the festival. Yeah, she's people, very good at that, I think. <laughs> people know who she is and people like her. And if you're a nice person, as all we Aussies are, and we're happy to mm-hmm. chat about our writing and, and give because, remember, the biggest secret everyone is giving, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, um, I was at, no, I say a couple of years ago now, golly, time goes too quick. It was actually at the Romance Writers Conference um, in Fremantle, which I think was 2013 now, which just seems like forever away. Um, we had a fabulous speaker from overseas there, Julia Quinn. Um, she's a historical romance writer. And she did a wonderful keynote. And one of the things she said in the keynote was that you can never hurt your own career by helping another writer with their publicity and promotion. And that really resonated with me. And that's why I think these things like communities and um, promoting other people's books while you're writing your own as well um, is really important because she said, one, the only, the only damage you can do is to yourself if you write a bad book or you, you know, do some crazy thing online and, you know, insult a million people and all that. But she said, readers, they read, I mean, read, especially romance readers, they read hundreds of books a year. Um, some people seem to read hundreds of books a week. Um, and they, I, we can't write that fast. So if you're promoting other people's books and keeping people reading and reading sort of in your genre while you're writing yours, A, they're seeing your name um, pop up lots. But also they're staying reading rather than go, or they're staying reading in your genre rather than going off and you know discovering psychological thrillers or watching Netflix and 
then they're not around anymore when your book comes out. So I think, yeah, that's one of the things that I really took away from, from Julia Quinn. And it's interesting that BookBub, which I know a lot of um, authors, particularly the indies, are really, um, you know, excited when they get an advert on BookBub and they um, can really explode their readership. Uh, BookBub really recommends other authors uh, recommending other people's books too and it just keeps you, um, you sort of, in people's minds, I guess, while you're waiting for your own book to be released. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's one of the reasons uh, the Australian writing and I say romance, but it's really expanding into uh, I, women's fiction. I call it women's fiction and Trisha's yeah. new book is women's fiction. Your your new book is um, women's fiction. Natasha Lester, who has just gone burko overseas with her beautiful Paris seamstress. Uh, you know, we are getting such a good name. I think I've seen Belinda Alexandra's uh, new book. Oh, yeah, on her cover's lovely i love her new cover and i love her books <laughs> ah and i think i saw it might have been you who who put it up there but i straight away um contacted belinda through social media and said oh please come on the podcast sure she said straight away and i said i only choose my authors by their covers <laughs> <laughs> and very good i don't think that's perfectly okay because let's face it most of us read on covers and judge a book by cover yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it? Um, there's enough now to keep us busy and excited and happy uh, in our own playing field. But mm. then out, out in the big wide world, there's so many great things happening as well. Everybody, I'm sure there's room for more and more writers. And as Julia said, um, you can't help your own career by promoting somebody else's. Golly, I always think of how many books are out there and I think, golly, why does anyone need my book? Because there's already fun hundreds of thousands of books out there. But I think the amount of books out there, there's also 10, 20,000 times more readers, you know. Um, so there's plenty. There's still plenty of room. Um, people read a lot, especially, as you said, women, um, women mm-hmm. write, women readers, uh, whatever they're reading, they read a lot. So, yeah, there's definitely plenty more opportunities. Another person I heard um, a couple of years ago at the Australian Romance Readers Convention um, was Courtney Milan, also historical fiction author overseas. And she said she was very um, cleverly just talking about Australia because she was talking to Australian readers and writers. And she said, there's 25,000, I'm sorry, 25 million people or something in Australia. You don't need all of those people to read your books. If you had only 1% of those people reading your books, you'd be doing pretty well for yourself. Um, But so so I think we don't need to worry about whether there's enough readers or there's too many books out there. We need to focus on finding our readers. Um, And that's what she said. The hard part is not, you know, reaching everyone. It's reaching those people that are really going to be passionate about your book. And the thing is, not everyone is going to be passionate about your book. And you have to understand that not everyone is your reader. And that's okay. We don't like every book we read. Um, I think that's one of the interesting things that my book club online has has highlighted, even though I already knew it. It's interesting just to see the different reactions um, from people on books. You know, someone will absolutely love and rave about a book and another person will say it took them forever to get into it and, you know, they, they could, could leave it or take, take it or leave it. So it's fascinating to just, and I think it's, as an author it's something we need to remember. We're never going to please everyone. So we've just got to do our best. Uh, and I don't even want to talk about poor book reviews on Amazon yeah. and things like that. But as long as there's more people who love you than ignore you, I know when I look on Amazon for whatever reason and I'm usually stalking down, you know, doing some research or something, yeah. you see one or two bad reviews but then you'll see 20, 30, 40 good reviews and you tend to ignore those bad reviews. Now, some people get a little bit distressed about those poor reviews and I'm thinking, 
just ignore them. They, they really don't matter. You know, and also I think it shows a genuine book if there's some people that don't like it. Sometimes it's if you see a book that's all got five-star reviews and there's raving um, comments, you think, oh, is that only their, is that their friends and their family that are raving about it or is it genuine readers? So I think, you know, it pays to have a few people who don't like your book because it shows, you know, that it, it's, a real, it's a real book. Um, when I was aspiring writer and entering competitions and things, I remember... Um, one of the more established authors who I was talking to at the time said, it's really good it, when you polarise the judges. So some people really, really love your books and other people hate them. Um, it's not so good when everyone's sort of just lukewarm about it. Oh, yeah, that was a nice book. It was all right. That, that's forgettable. So you kind of, if you can get a strong reaction in someone, yes, it can be hard to read a harsh review. But, you know, you've affected someone and... I don't know, I think it's Smart Bitches Trashy Books, uh, Sarah, oh, I forgot her last name, but she said often when they post a really, really bad review, they, the book, you know, peaks in sales and they get, you know, suddenly loads and loads of people wanting to download the book because what one person hates, someone else might love. Or So, you know, all the reviews are good reviews in a way. Um, my friend Sally Hepworth had the best review ever um, recently and one of, it said something like, until no so everyone goes through life not knowing what their purpose was until I'd read this book I didn't know what my purpose was and now I know that it's to make sure that nobody else ever has the misfortune of reading this book or something like that and Sally's great and she just laughed at it and thought whatever but then she thought you know what? I've made I've given someone purpose in life that is amazing and I mean I think a lot of people would read that book and just think I mean, read that review and think it's hilarious and it might, you know, make them want to read the book more. So, yeah, I believe there's no bad publicity, no real, there's really no bad reviews. Yeah, and when, when we're in our genre of romance, it's so big uh, and there are so many subgenres, it's a matter of finding the subgenre that you, that you like. And remember, yes. everybody, uh, Rachel has her newsletter with Lisa and Sally. Um, I can't remember what we covered that the in. Secret episode. Life of Authors. You can sign up at my website or any of their websites, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. So don't forget to do that because it is an interesting read, although I don't think I've seen one for a while. There's one coming out next Monday. <laughs> just in time for the West Coast Festival. All right, just yes. before we move away from that uh, very, very quickly, you have Judy Nunn. Now, Judy Nunn was right up there as my heroine uh, when I was writing my novel. She had written Cal. So that's how yep. long ago I wrote my novel, <laughs> which was set in Norseman just down the road. Yeah, I know um, where Norseman is. Yeah, her her books are amazing i loved cal it's still up there as one of my favorites because i can walk around kalgoorlie mm -hmm. and know very authentically head. australia books aren't they yeah yeah now does is she still writing i think she had eliane or something was her latest yeah name. um i can't remember i think that sounds about right for her last one she judy only does two uh, one book every two years so i think this is a year where she's um not got a book out um but luckily she's still coming along to celebrate her all her other wonderful books um so yeah I think I think she'll have a fantastic book out next year yeah well she was almost the when I say the leader of the new set of uh, I guess a romance novelist coming through Di Morrissey I think came after her Judy Nunn to me was always by far I guess the biggest and the best now that's just again my personal opinion everybody I think Di probably came first actually Oops, don't just ignore everybody. <laughs> See, bias, 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 in my opinion. <laughs> 
Okay, sorry, Di Morrissey, if I ever want to get I think, I don't know. I just think so because mm-hmm. I know that Di Morrissey's book is about this book. She's had about one a year. She always has one a year and I think it's about her 22nd book this year. I don't feel as if Judy Nunn's been writing for quite so long. So I don't know. Oh, dear. But it could be, it'd be interesting. That's an interesting fact to look up. We'll have to check that out. <laughs> oh, we will. And I'll let you know in the show notes, everybody, that I've, <laughs> I've looked this one up. Uh, I think I've covered everything on the West Coast um, Festival that I wanted to talk about other than the fact that it's at beautiful Scarborough, everybody. Now, that's an old stomping ground of mine. I used to live at Floriot. Uh, beautiful part of the world, great beaches. Um, if you go down the road to Cottesloe, you can get eaten by a shark. Um, but <laughs> it's got that old, beautiful old swimming baths down there. Yeah, it, well, actually, it's all been re... Um, the whole front of Scarborough for sure has been renovated over the last year or so and I, I haven't actually been down there for a year I, well I went at night but I didn't have a good look a couple of weeks ago when we had a last West Coast Fiction um, meeting but there's a big new swimming pool public swimming pool actually on the like just on the water almost uh, and they've renovated the whole area um, so it's very very good time to be coming to to Scarborough and hopefully we'll put the weather on for you early November yeah just would you, having gone through this, now I know I contacted you when I first heard about this West Coast Festival and I was very excited. Oh, Rachel, come on and tell me all about it. And then when you said it was 18 months away, I went, oh, my golly, I'll, I'll forget about it by I then. I you. <laughs> but the excitement has been built. Hello. Hello? Ah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Sorry, I think I just I lost you for a little bit there. Yeah, you got me. You got me back again. Yep. So what did you, I didn't hear the actual question? Okay, I'll just I'll start that again and we'll cut that. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, that's okay. It's internet. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, just before we leave the West Coast Fiction Festival, it's taken you about eighteen months to get this off the ground. I remember uh, contacting you at the start there and being really excited. And then yep. finding out it was 18 months ago and thought, what am I talking about? I won't be able to yeah. that. But the excitement has just built. Does that mean you'll be doing it every year or probably every few years? Um, well, I probably don't know if we'll be doing another one. <laughs> I should say that we're, all our funds are going to share the dignity, but it's been a massive um, organisation thing and everyone's got other, you know, commitments and things. I, Tess uh, Woods and Sasha Wosley, another author who's... Um, and Jenny Jones has been very, very um, active in the planning, much more than me. And I don't know if they'd want to give up that time again. But we'll see, you know. It's one of those things, a bit like a wedding. It takes, seems to take forever and it's so much organisation and then it happens and it's all over. So maybe we will want to do it all over again. Yeah. Who knows? And you can meet all, all our great authors over there. I've got a big list of them, everybody, and it's got our beautiful old pa- uh, own Pamela Cook. She's got her podcast over there, Rights for Women. You don't want to miss out on that one. Uh, you've got our Fiona MacArthur, who's from over here in New South Wales. Uh, yeah, New South Wales, northern New South Wales. She'll be there. Josephine. Yeah. Noon, Fleur McDonald, Emily Madden, Victoria Perman, Helen Young. I don't think Helen's saying. I think we. Oh, no, I don't think she is. But what, and, um, one of the really big uh, authors that I think a lot of people would be excited about is Nalini Singh as well, coming all the way from New Zealand. So we've, we've got a, definitely a huge, massive, um, you know, list. Yeah, By the way, I have to, sorry, I was going to say, I've just looked up on the internet, done a little bit of digging for us. About who was right about Judy Nunn or Di Morrissey, <laughs> and the thing is, I have to then go back to their actual first books because both of them came out in 1991. 
So I don't know who came out first because it was the same year. I'm not even sure you were born then, Rachel. I was definitely born in 1991, I can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go, everybody. They are our um, top Australian authors, but they've also got you guys sitting alongside them now. We've got Kate Morton, we've got you, we've got uh, Belinda Alexandra, we've got uh, Leanne Moriarty. The list is endless. This hasn't turned out the way I wanted it to do this podcast, but we have been talking for an hour. And it's turned into a chat about who's who in Australian uh, women's fiction. Uh, I wanted to give a plug. Yeah, I wanted to give a plug to Janine Kimberley, who is uh, does work in the libraries, and I've had her on the podcast. She does an awful lot um, to promote you guys and spread everybody's book yes. word of mouth, which is fantastic. I'm doing an event with her in a couple of weeks, or in early. Uh, mid-November I'm doing an event at her library and she's coming across the West Coast Fiction Festival I believe as well so I might get her to be my roving reporter everybody you should that's a great idea I'll I'll actually um there Janine I've committed you you're you're it for me uh take the pictures do the recordings uh Rachel thank you very much for being so generous um congratulations on your new book coming out Lost Without You we'll have to get you on the podcast another time to talk about you but this (laughs) book will be I'm guessing just as big a success as everybody. I want to finish off by asking you, what does ABIA award-winning best-selling author mean? Oh, I, I was thinking, what? I was thinking, what is ABR? Okay, that's the RBR Awards, which is the Australian Book Industry Association Awards. So in 2015, I was very, very lucky to um, win the General Fiction Book of the Year for the Australian Book Industry Awards. So all the publishers, all the booksellers, um, there's a judging panel um, that comes together for this award. Uh, I've only been nominated once and luckily I won, so that's that was good. There's a fantastic big massive book trophy you get that's so heavy you could kill someone with it. I was up against Michael Robotham, Kate Morton and Fiona McIntosh, I think. So I'm pretty stoked to have, you know, beat them at something because they're all fantastic authors. Um, But I was also really, really happy that the Patterson Girls won that award because it was the first time kind of a book uh, in that genre had won the award. Previously, a lot of them are a bit more literary, even though there's a general fiction and a literary fiction book of the year. So I think it was a win for all women writers um, who write sort of that popular fiction. And those Patterson Girls is... I, that's the one I own, everybody. That's the one I like the most. I think it. That's oh, thank you. Me. I have to say it's Please. probably my favourite too. My husband actually has never read any of my books, but recently he went down um, south to visit a friend and he was looking for an audio book and I said, take one of mine, and he took the Patterson Girls and he's halfway through reading it because it's a long audio book and him talk, talking to him about it has actually reminded me that I quite like that book too. So. <laughs> And it is. It's nice, everybody. Now, I haven't touched the surface here. Uh, If you want to go and see Rachel at a writer's retreat, she's doing one with the Nash Agency. Yes, Um, that's exciting. Yeah. I don't know when that is. Um, It's February now. I'd have to look. But if you go to the Nash Agency on Facebook or on their website, um, it's early February, uh, mid-February, I think, early to mid-February on at Tambury Mountain on the Gold Coast. I'm really, really looking forward to that because I love Tambury Mountain. And I'm there with Josephine Moon as well and Hayley Nash, obviously, who's agent, and Alex Adset, who's also an agent. So for all aspiring writers, it's definitely going to be worth coming along. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see some people there. 
We could go on for two hours, everybody. This is disgusting. I am going to stop because Rachel has been such a fantastic sport. Uh, But keep in mind, Nash Agency, Writers Retreat, best Christmas present ever. I'm actually going to go on and price it now because I didn't realise that was in Mount Tambourine, everybody. Beautiful part of the world. Yes, you should come. I keep promising myself these treats. I wanted to go with Ali Sinclair and Tina on there. Oh, yeah, the cruise one. Yeah. yeah, that would have been good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is about retreats now, but they are very popular and they fill they up are. quickly, don't they? I know, and I think this one, the thing that's different, a little bit different about this one is we've got two writers, but you've also got the opportunity to get in front of agents and that is gold, I think. <laughs> yeah, all aspiring authors, there'll be a queue out the door winding up. Exactly. Tambourine <laughs> Mountain. Oh, my um, cat's come in to visit us. <laughs> Okay, yeah, um, Rachel is in her office. Now, we watched Rachel build her office in her backyard, I believe it is, and it is the best office in the whole wide world with its own resident cat. Sadly, I'm no longer in that office because we moved houses, so I'm no longer in my outside little cabin. I've got an office, but it's inside the house. Ah, that's why it's so big. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger than it was, but sadly that was the that was the payoff for having to move inside the house where everyone can dump their junk and visit me too easily. And everybody, just because we want a slice of life, you know, we started this conversation about how it is important it is with writers and readers, and we want to know the personal details about Rachel Johns. I can tell you that I'm sitting here watching Rachel with her cat now, and for the whole episode, she's been holding up the most amazing fingernails with everyone painted a different colour. Do you know why they're painted a different colour? Um, I don't know, but if you hold them up, I'm going to get a picture. Okay, hang on. I'll put my nails up and not me since oh, I have a book. So there you have my nails. You can have a photo of my nails. Yeah, I got, but, it. Um, got it. Yep. But the reason, you got them? Yep. The reason they are like that is because my next book, Lost Without You, which comes out on Monday, as we've talked about, I was doing some uh, pre-events for it. Um, so I've done my nails specifically for release and so they're Multicoloured neon um, in honour of the 80s, which is a little bit of an 80s theme in my new book. Oh, now we have we have it, everybody. It's the 1980s. Uh, I was actually old by the 1980s. That was <laughs> power dressing with padded shoulders and dinner parties. I was telling my daughters about it because they are all, and I don't know how you're finding this, but they are listening to our music. So we're all our 15 and 16-year-olds are listening to Billy Joel and John Denver and Grandma's Featherbed, I thought, and Trouble <laughs> Waters. How did our music... Become- Everything comes back eventually. <laughs> Yeah, so they're playing their music and I'm dancing around to it and I thought, this is really ugly. <laughs> no, it's very good. It's fine. At least you can know what they're, talk- they're talking about. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's all good. I love it. All right, thank you, Rachel, for being such a good sport. Thank uh, you. Where can, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on my website, which is Rachel with an A, R-A-C-H-A-E-L.com, or RachelJohns.com, um, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. I'm online far too much. I'm trying to be good at the moment and not be online as much as I write towards my next deadline. Yeah. Do you have a new book um, written or? Uh, I've got, I'm very close to the end, hopefully. I wanted to be finished by the time this book came out, but I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm aiming for the next month. So hopefully that will be out this time next year. It's about three generations of women and their views on feminism. 
Oh, I've got a daughter who's going to read that one. She'll be very, very keen to hear it. Uh, there's no pressure on our Australian authors, uh, guys. They've got to keep churning those books out. The only holidays they get is when they go away with writing retreats <laughs> where we not only get to meet them, we get to eat dinner with them for two, three, mm-hmm. four days. So their work is onerous. Um, so if you want to be a full-time writer, just remember that you have heard it here first. It's really damned hard work. It it can be, definitely. (laughs) And that's it from Rudder on the Red.